All right, special Saturday night edition of Off Topic with Randy Zellia. My name is Randy Zellia. Thank you for giving me a few minutes of your time tonight. Uh, 201-825-1234. Thank you for, to Rambo College and WRPR for the studio time, courtesy of BackSportsPage.com. Again, no more Steve Spanup. We went over this all last week. Steve Spanup is no longer the official co-host. Uh, you can go to listen to past shows by going to SoundCloud.com slash BSP as well as go to BackSportsPage.com for all of the archives. A lot of news coming out of the world of sports. Obviously, again, a special Saturday night edition here of Off Topic. And, you know, there's so many different places to start. We have uh, Nicole Monique from BackSportsPage.com, and that's what she says sports. Uh, Going to be calling in at 9.05. Ryan Mork, uh, head baseball writer of BackSportsPage.com, will be uh, calling in as well. We're going to talk a little bit about the New York Yankees. And, of course, the big news of the day is that Carmelo Anthony is no longer a member of the New York Knicks, got traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder, which I predicted months ago. And I guess there's no other place to really start all this, but I predicted this months ago that Oklahoma City would be the perfect fit for Carmelo Anthony because of the fact that Russell Westbrook needs help. Now, keep in mind, this was before the Paul George trade, and I was one of those people who just said that, he is the perfect fit to Westbrook because he needs another 25-point scorer to go with him. If you remember towards the end of the season, Westbrook was all over the place. Westbrook was all over the place forcing bad shots, forcing, you know, it was, it was he, had, he had three guys on him. It was just, it was really a bad situation for Russell Westbrook playing without Kevin Durant. He just didn't have the horses to go with him. And now Oklahoma City can now challenge the Golden State Warriors for the Western Conference. That is a, a heck of a team they got going on out there right now in Oklahoma City. Guys, you want to participate in the show tonight, you can j- jump on the Facebook Live. I have the Facebook Live feed right in front of me right now, so you can shoot questions at me. You can throw stuff at me through Facebook, or you can call in at 201-825-1234. Really appreciate everyone, again, taking a few minutes of their Saturday night to join me for a special live one-hour edition of Off Topic, sort of making up for the fact that I wasn't here on Thursday night. So lots to do. I can actually do a scoreboard update right now, Major League Scoreboard Update, brought to you by our good friends over at Level 1 Games in Pompton Plains, New Jersey, 215 Route 23 South in Pompton Plains. Go to level right now where you can take your game to the next level and relive your past. Uh, right now in Major Leagues, in the top of the ninth, Minnesota's up 10-3 over the Detroit Tigers, top of the sixth. St. Louis is trailing Pittsburgh 10-3, bottom of sixth inning right now, Tampa Bay above uh, Baltimore 3-1, above Oh, Lord. Washington and the Mets are out there flushing, tied at three. Uh, Phillies right now have a one-run lead over Atlanta on the bottom of the sixth. Kansas City right now, they're at the White Sox. They're up three to one, top of the third. Miami is over Arizona, three to one. And just finishing scoreless at the uh, bottom of the first scoreless right now, Colorado at San Diego. All right, and these are all finals now. Uh, The rest of these scores are all finals. Uh, The... The Astros keep winning, and they beat the Angels 6-2. to Milwaukee over Chicago 4-3. to The Yankees drop Toronto 5-1. to Cleveland keeps winning 11-4 to over Seattle. The Red Sox keep pace with the Yankees, or it should be the other way around. The Red Sox uh, beat Cincinnati 5 to nothing, and we still have Texas and Oakland that's starting at 9:05. And first pitch out in, the, in Los Angeles with the, with the Giants at the Dodgers is at 9:10. All right. So, yeah, so more feedback here from the Carmelo Anthony uh, situation. He waived his no trade clause, not going to the Houston Rockets. Ryan Anderson not coming to New York. So instead, let's let's backtrack and look at the trade here. Carmelo Anthony goes to the Oklahoma City Thunder, and coming to New York, you have 
Enos Cantor, Doug McDermott, and a second-round pick. Now, people are sitting there saying, well, the Knicks got hosed. The Knicks did not get hosed. Phil Jackson set the, um, I guess, the bad goods label or you know the damaged goods label on Carmelo Anthony uh, months ago. You know, months ago, Carmelo Anthony was a valuable trade option for a lot of different teams, and because of Phil Jackson, he diminished his value. And so for the fact that a lot of teams weren't making great offers, look at, look at the offer that uh, Paul George, you know, the, the Indiana Pacers ended up getting for Paul George. It was almost like pennies to the dollar. Um, it's not a bad deal if you're the Knicks because that's, that second-round pick is the Chicago Bulls pick, and that's they're going to be terrible. So they're going to be having a higher second-round pick. A lot of the really solid NBA players come from the top of that second round. Lately, the, the last few years, the first round has been the uh, hit or miss. So, lots of different things going on here. I really, it's it's a good trade. I like it for both teams. Really like it for OKC. Again, I predicted this months ago. People uh, were laughing at me when I said OKC. That doesn't make any sense. It really does. And now they can challenge Golden State Warriors. Okay, let's hop over to the phone right now. Uh, for those who are on Facebook Live, um, I'm going to be not going to be able to hear this side of the phone conversation, so click on the link so you can hear our first guest of the night, Nicole Monique, the host of That's What She Says Sports. You can go to That's What She Says Sports uh, for all of her work. A uh, good friend of mine. Nicole, how are you tonight? Hey, Randy. I'm good. How are you? How's everything down in, in Hotlanta? Uh, it's still hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're hot about a lot of things in Atlanta right now. Okay, well, so you know, let's, let's jump right into it. Let's... Um, Let's talk about Carmelo Anthony. Let's let's get there. Let's do it. What did you think of the trade? Again, Oklahoma City sort of came in here as the dark horse last second, and they sort of stole Carmelo away from New York. Well, you know, at the end of the day, I, I take it as this. <clears throat> I was talking to my dad earlier because, of course, you know, my dad called me. He's like, hey, what did you think of the trade? I think what people are missing is, yeah, it's a good trade, but this is also old Carmelo. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying he doesn't still have some left in him, but I think the trade probably been even more exciting if this is maybe like 10 years ago. Um, so at the end of the day, you know, he got away from New York, which he wanted, and New York finally got to cut their ties with him because obviously it was a bad marriage and it was getting towards the end and somebody had to make a move. So in that regard, you know, him going to OKC, which I like as well with Russell and Paul George, um, so it's a good fit. But we just have to remember, this is not going to be the same Carmelo Anthony. So if we're thinking that he's still going to have the hops that he did back in Denver, it, that's not going to happen. But it will work out. He'll play a role at OKC. You know what? He still, he still has the ability to put up 25 points every single night. And that's the one thing that everyone seems to uh, forget about when it comes to Carmelo Anthony. Uh, I, my attitude is, is totally different. Is totally different right now when it comes to Carmelo Anthony because... He is yes. He is not a solid defender. He is not a. He's not the all-around guy like like a, like a, like a LeBron James. He's not. He's a scorer. He's he's he is a twenty-five point per game scorer, which that is something like I said in the opening that Russell Westbrook surely needs right now. He needs to have a a Robin, and now he's not only has a Robin, but I guess he's also bringing in the Justice League with him. I, I figured I'd just throw some comic references out. I don't know if anyone gets it. Uh, there might be some people out there sitting there going, what's he talking about? Oh. So, your t- so again, I just think it's a good trade for both sides. I know the Knicks fans sort of feel like they're fe- being hosed, but this is what 
the hardest thing to do, and you're being down in Atlanta, so you have a different perspective of the New York market, I, I can ask you this question. This is the first time that Knicks fans are really going to experience the hard rebuild. Mm-hmm. Is this the right thing to go in a major media market? You have to. I mean, I didn't agree with what Danny H. did in Boston after they won the championship and he blew the team up. But in the same token, I can see why he did it, even though I didn't agree with it. You know, you have to sometimes blow them up, blow teams up, that is, um, to, to rebuild. You don't have a choice. Um, and, a, and a lot of the large markets have to do it because either the writing of the wall with whoever they have is too old or they stuck with a player or players sometimes too long or they see this is the best it's going to get. Um, so they have to kind of rebuild. So, you know, I think that they went through this, or I feel like New York went through this after Patrick Ewing. Um, it was a little, it maybe didn't blow up as bad, but there was still some rebuilding. So I think they're still kind of recovering from that era, but they don't have a choice. And I know it's going to suck for a while. And, you know, New Yorkers, um, you know, it's truly, what have you done for me last week? I used to live there. They want everything now, but they just have to be patient. But I will have to say they are the most patient group because, um, looking at a lot of the teams that are there, um, you know, they're used to being patient. It just sucks that it's happening now. But I think they'll see the next two or three seasons. They'll, it was, it was, you know, it worked in their uh, to their advantage of what's happening today. I'm not a very big Knicks fan, uh, but Christoph Porzingis, I have to say, has this, all the tools to be the next Dirk Nowitzki. And if that's the label that you're getting is being the next Dirk Nowitzki, that's not a bad label to have. Not at all. Not at all. And you have to remember, too, the Knicks organization, just in their name alone, I mean, I know people are thinking, you know, I've, I've seen on social media, it's like, you know, you're trading steak for hamburger or, you know, we're trading like the superhero. I like both. I like steaks and hamburgers. <laughs> I'm a very, I am a steak and hamburger connoisseur. But, I'm okay but, with that. <laughs> but we have to remember, too, you know, there's a little team out there called the San Antonio Spurs, which a lot of times they would take a lot of people um, or athletes that people didn't necessarily know and turn them into superstars. So it can happen. It's been kind of the trend in the NBA the last few years. Um, so the Knicks, you know, they'll get their due. You know, it's funny, too, you just mentioned the San Antonio Spurs, and obviously before this move, they were in the argument to finish with the number two seed. I, I think OKC just surpasses them. And if you look at the Western Conference, it's such a loaded conference now. Yeah. My Lord. And, well, you know, that's not me being religious either. I'm just saying my Lord. Yeah, it was loaded before this trade, Randy, but now it's just taking it to a whole new level. And if anything, it's just sad for the East because, again, it's another it's another bump to where the East is just looks weaker and weaker. Well, I'm laughing because LeBron James now can officially take off November, December, and January and still make the NBA Finals. Oh, true. It's, yeah. it's, LeBron, it is, LeBron it, could just really just play five games and still make the NBA Finals. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's the most ridiculous thing. It is really the most ridiculous thing in the world. Um... Now, Nicole, you've known me for a long time now, and you know I don't talk politics. It's it's a it's it's a it's a big no no for me. I don't think politics and sports should mix. I'm also one of those guys who, who just don't believe that athletes should start commenting about major stories and so on and so forth. But I figure at this point I have to bring it up. Mm-hmm. All this nonsense with President Trump. I'm not used, still not used to saying President Trump. Uh, President Trump and you know the Warriors not going to the White House and the NFL mm-hmm. teams are responding. My question to you is: This a lot to do about nothing, or is this turning into a big deal? I can, I'm still learning what the full story is going on. Um, you know, I just I wanted to just get your take because 
we're now going into unprecedented waters. Yeah. Well, first of all, let me just say this, this is something definitely you and I agree to disagree because um, I believe athletes have always talked to politics. It's just people didn't want to hear it. Um, this is nothing new. You can go back as far as to uh, Muhammad Ali, uh, Jim Brown, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, to the to the athletes um, in the in the '60s during the Olympics. So athletes have always had an opinion, and people have always wanted to hear from, especially people of color. Um, and as a black woman, this is definitely um, something, um, and it should be something that everybody should be mad about. And I don't care if you're, um, you know, if you're not of color, if you're white or whatever, just by not saying or acknowledging of it, um, you should be just as pissed as everybody else. Because I will tell you, um, this is a huge issue, and it's a sad day because Trump took it upon himself to speak in front of a predominantly white audience in Alabama and basically tell NFL owners that you should fire the sons of bitches. Now, those sons of bitches are predominantly black athletes who are kneeling, okay? And then he took it upon himself to also say, and what happened to the hard hitting? This is why the NFL is failing. Obviously, he doesn't do any reading or research and, talk, and know anything about CT and concussions. So He's a businessman. He He's a businessman who just okay, happened to, but, you know. Yeah, but but you're also the leader of the free world. So we would we would expect you to be somewhat intelligent, and we're, we're not getting that. Um, and then as far as the whole Steph Curry and the Warriors, you know, at the end of the day, Steph comments really weren't that bad. He's no. Less, for me personally, I don't think I'm going. But see, again, we're dealing with somebody who can only has the intelligence of 140 characters or less who felt that he didn't <laughs> want to come out and attack Steph and the Golden State Warriors. And really, it's, it's, it's quite sad. And I know everybody's just kind of thinking, what's going to happen? And I know it's so easy to need your reaction every say you have to boycott the NFL. It's bigger than that. You can't necessarily boycott the NFL. A lot of times you have to hit people um, where it hurts as far as money. Now, Roger Goodell has come out and made a statement. The NFLPA has come out and made a statement. Um, recently, we had the CEO and owner of the 49ers who came out and made probably one of the best statements I've ever heard as far as the NFL owner. If you want to read that, I would suggest you go on Twitter and Facebook. At the end of the day, what he's doing, you cannot do. These are two of the largest organizations in the country as far as the NFL and the NBA. And let's just put it out there, Randy. You have two of the largest organizations in the country who are basically held together by predominantly um, African Americans on both sides. Yep. So you're pissing off the wrong group. You're pissing off the fan base. And and honestly, what he did in, in Alabama, that's Trump, as far as speaking as the Bromley White crowd, where 30, 40, 50 years ago, it would be called, considered a Klan rally. So this is just a 2017 modern day of a Klan rally. And really, all those folks are, who are clapping, but let's just go back further. You're clapping, but yet on Saturdays, you have the nerves in for your TV and expect to say, roll tide. Well, guess who's rolling the tide? Some black players. And if they decide to play, y'all be the first ones who'd be pissed. So get over yourselves. So tomorrow will be interesting to watch the NFL, because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of players who are going to kneel or speak out. They're already doing it. Richard Sherman, Michael Bennett. Um, I mean, there's tons of athletes who are speaking out on social media. So this is a very tense time. It's a sad time. So people who want to take sports out of politics is never going to happen. And then with your president now talking about it, it's just taking it to a whole new level. So. I'm just laughing because I'm just laughing. I'm sorry for interrupting, but I'm just laughing because mm-hmm. doesn't our president have anything better to do than talk about sports? Well, like it's not, if it, like it's not water cooler talk. It's not. It's one of those things where and, he making serious. And that's t- what's so interesting. Sarah Huckabee um, had just went. His press secretary <coughs> about a week ago had just wanted Jamel Hill from ESPN, who was talking about him to get fired. 
Now he gets up there and is talking about the NFL and the NBA. Uh, is she going to ask for him to resign? Mm. Yeah, the it's... hypocrisy of it all is really is what people gets people pissed, and I guess that's why I'm so impassioned right now because on one hand they're always quick to tell us don't talk politics, keep it a certain way, but then when they do it, yeah, everybody's supposed it... to rally, and, and I guess that's the piece that really is irritating for a lot of people, especially a lot of people of color right now on social media, and and I'm not just saying. The, there's not only just black athletes pissed away. There's there's a lot of athletes. Period. I think a lot of NFL players. Period. Who are like you have the gall to, to to actually say something. And then again, like I said, on top of it about the, the hard hitting. So you're not even educating yourself on there. So I think this is a different time. Like you said, Brandy, in the beginning, it's definitely unprecedented to, to where we do have a president of the United States who is basically telling owners of sports organizations to fire people. Yeah, it's, so it's ridiculous. Regard, it is really ridiculous. And then we also have social media involved to where now you can have somebody like LeBron James who can reply right away. So mm-hmm. it's going to be an interesting time as far as this football season and Lord, and when basketball season starts in a matter of weeks. Um, it's going to be an interesting time. Yeah, next week. Next week? Yeah, yeah. The war of words is going to need to get checked because he will lose. And, I, and that means the president and the White House will lose because at the end of the day there's probably more people who would rather watch football than listen to him i agree with you nicole awesome awesome job as always tell everybody where they can find you hey folks follow me on twitter at tws sports you can also go to my website <coughs> excuse me tws sports.com as always you can follow me at back sports page randy thank you so much for having me on the show i appreciate it and again if i Folks, follow me tomorrow on Twitter at TWS Sports. I'll be watching to see basically what's going to be the reaction to a lot of the NFL players in the NFL. Thanks, Nicole. I'll talk to you during the week. All right, great. Bye, Brandy. All right, go from line one. Let's hop over to line two. Off topic with back sports page. Who's this? Let's see. It could be the guy that wants to talk sports or it could be a guy that wants to talk politics. Mm, okay, well, who who is this? <laughs> this license plate guy. Oh, Mr. Rubak himself. Joe, how you doing, my friend? What's going on, pal? How Listen, are you? Okay, for those who've never seen or heard of Joe Rubak, Joe Rubak is, I think he is the leader of Giants Nation. He is the number one New York Giants. I, I, I don't even want to call you a fan anymore because it seems like you're an unofficial member of the organization because <laughs> yeah. I saw a, a video, and for those who, you know, go follow him on Facebook. Or, and, and on Instagram, because I watched a video right before Dallas, and you gave Landon Collins his pep talk. Yeah, we have a, we have a, yeah, didn't, uh, he might have played well, but it, maybe I should give the whole team one. What do you think? Yeah, I think, I, I think maybe what we should do is, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to like redo the movie Rudy. You know that scene where, where like there's one person just literally lead, leading the charge? That's just good. That's going to be you. Uh, yeah, I think Landon Collins should go in. That's what I, I totally agree. Should go into McAdoo's office or Jerry's office with his jersey and be like, "If LPG isn't giving us a, a, <laughs> a, a, a pregame speech or a halftime speech, take my jersey." And then I'll get maybe one or two other guys to follow him. And that's it. So uh, <laughs> it's it's been a it's been a rough start, and um, I was very critical um, lately, especially when you ha- when you know going into an off season. What your biggest um, Achilles heel is? It's well, your biggest handicap, your biggest problem. I would think that that's the first thing that you would address. And uh, I'm sorry, keep going. No, and so I, I'm not attacking the guys that they. You know, I'm not attacking 
the offensive line on a per, uh, from a personal standpoint. They're all really, really good guys, and they're very all they're all good, solid players. But for some reason, this isn't working. No, no. First of all, no one, no one's attacking them personally. You know, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't dislike. So you know, I meaning that I'm not singling them out. Right. Um, no, I don't think anybody is. Oh no, there are people are, singling. There's guys who are getting singled out. You're in that in that media room, uh, Joe. Well, uh, I, I, I'll tell you why probably because there are some guys that you can attack because they're not playing up to potential or draft pick or blah blah blah. Then there are some guys that carry themselves as a jerk and are not doing their jobs as well. And I think that's what you're getting at. And yes, they will be attacked. But I guarantee you, there's only one of those. No, I agree. No, I mean, that part of it, I agree. But, you know, I also want people to stop pressing the panic button because I've been one of these people who have been screaming from the rooftops. You know, A, we have 14 more, and B, the first five weeks of the season are a little bit of a mirage in the NFL world because if we would have gone from the first five games of the NFL season last year, Philadelphia would have been in the playoffs. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Uh, listen, it's, it's getting back to your original statement, there are this my head is spinning as well i i have you know this again 17 this is my 17th season going to every game i can't i don't even know how many home games 40 years whatever it is i have never been that pumped up in dallas for a start of a season or that that uh just on this absolute cloud nine for uh, uh, the first opening game, and to be let down like that was heartbreaking. Um, to follow it up, which I thought that, I mean, don't worry, Dallas is out of way. Maybe they just, I don't know, opening game, who knows. To follow it up with another performance like that against Detroit, uh, tons of people hit the panic button. I'm not a panicker. You know that. I'm also a homer. You know that as well. So it doesn't matter if we were, you know, 0-9, I'm going to tell you, well, we're not mathematically out of it. That's just me. Um, with that said, though, yes, people have to relax. Uh, it's, you know, even though people hate hearing this, it is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Um, uh, let's see, you know, when the team starts to gel. If they do, would they better? Um, you know, we have so many weapons. Where are they? Let's go start using them. I'm tired of hearing, you know, under 20 points is with an eight straight game or whatever like that. So, yep. so those are those are things that are definitely concerning. But getting back to uh, uh, another statement you had about, you know, the Achilles heel and and not being able to fix it. Listen, uh, there were numerous tries to do something, then there were numerous non tries. <laughs> Uh, with people that you could have went out and got, uh, what is it, Whitworth and a couple others off the top of my head. Um, but that would have been hitting the panic button, in my opinion, because Eric Flowers and others did work out differently. They did fix their uh, footwork. They did get leaner and quicker and proper uses of hand placement and blah, blah, blah. And you and I are not at practice 24-7. We don't know what the coaching staff sees or or the inside scoop, and I'm talking about the inside scoop, the real inside scoop. So as much as people want to overreact, you also have to sit back and say, all right, they know more than, than we do. You will not get a pass after this year. You might not get a pass after halfway through the season, and our record is terrible. But as of 0-2, 
you still have to just weather the storm. I, I think there's also a little bit of because being around the training camp and being around, you know, for media sessions and speaking with a lot of the guys on the Giants, there is a piece of me that felt like they were believing a little bit of their own press clips. And I think this Owen to I'm sorry, go ahead, Joe. Please feel. No, no, no. I did. Uh, okay. You're yeah. right. You're right. Everybody did, including them. You're 100% right. And I think I think believing part of their press clips um, and the 0-2 start might be exactly what this team needs as far as a slap in the face is concerned. To say, you know what? All right. Well, you know what? If we're if everyone's saying we're this good, we got to go out and show it. And only scoring 13 points the first two games of the year is not what this high octane offense is all about. And a lot of people are asking the questions of when McAdoo was the offensive coordinator. This offense was averaging 26 points a game. And now he's the the head guy, and now they can barely put 15 points on the board. So you know what is what's the what's the answer? There's no clear cut answer. I do think that it's going to turn around. I do feel that the panic button was hit a little too quickly, and I like the fact that the guys in the offensive line, you know, the guys like Justin Pugh and and obviously Weston Richburg are all sticking up for each other because obviously a lot of the blame is going to Eric Flowers, and it's not all on Eric Flowers. No, it's not. No, it's not. And, I mean, and, he, and people he, have to stop that. Ninety percent. Yeah, but he's he's it, it becomes a lot worse because of the problems that he had last year. Right, because he was getting singled out, and and I'll tell you when the problems from him started. The minute he had the incident with Jordan Renan from ESPN. Yes. It put it put a target on his back, an unwanted target. Oh, sorry, an unnecessary target on his back. He doesn't deserve it. He's a good kid, and there's a reason why the Giants PR staff does not let him talk to the media because it could devastate the kid. It could destroy the kid because they would rip him apart. They, they, they I, you know, you know that that actually what you just said right there is the only thing I feel bad about. He's a kid, bro. He's, what is he, 23? Yeah, he's, he's 24, 24, 24 years hear, old. I don't want to hear all of these people. So what? You're playing the NFL, making millions. It comes with the territory. Yeah, I know that, okay? You're right. Good point, whoever says it. But, but I, I mean, I feel so, he's just a kid. He does. You're not allowed to send him messages on Instagram. He turned that off. You can't talk to him on Twitter. He turned that off. Mm-hmm. He doesn't talk to the media. He, they turned that off. I mean, he's so closed off uh, because all he would ever hear is hate. Yeah, and and, and, well, and you can't terrible. blame him. It's terrible. No, the, but but look, he also the one thing he does say. What the other day he said, uh, uh, I let three bad sacks go, but other than that, I played well. Horrible line. Yeah, th- th- that's why. That come out of your mouth, <laughs> and that's and that's the other reason they don't let him talk. <laughs> well, that's, come on, Eric. You can't say that. But I will say that um, Justin Pugh um, is is turning out to be an outstanding leader for that offensive line, um, and same thing with uh, Weston. Weston also has done done an excellent job. The, the one guy who I I threw a lot of hate at, and and it's unfair, but I I really noticed it at the Jet preseason game when John Jerry was taken out of the game, and John Jerry had some plays where he ended up letting up in Dallas, which caused Eli to get uh, nailed a couple times. Yeah, I saw the replay a million times. Yeah, like, move your feet, just stay in your lane. Come on. And and when Brett, when they took John Jerry out of the Jet game and put Brett Jones in there, it was yep. it felt like it was a totally different atmosphere. Again, it's also the Jets, but the Jets defense yep. is a solid defense. So it's funny that it's funny that you said just the Jets, uh, uh, and I know how you meant it, but that's that's kind of what we were buying into at the Giants preseason or the Giants camp when you start hearing about 
people look good or things have changed. Yeah, that's because the defense can't freaking hit. That's because the defense can't sack Eli. All of these beautiful one-handed catches and deep balls down the field and, and this and that, that's because they're really not playing yet. And, and also, I'm going to throw one other part of it out here, Joe. I also want everyone to remember, and this is something that I make a really big deal of, and everyone tells me that I'm a nut for saying it, but, but last year the Giants probably won this, and I said the same thing about the Jets a couple years ago when Fitzpatrick was the uh, quarterback and they were fighting to get into the playoffs. Last year the Giants won some games. Maybe they sh- probably shouldn't have won. You know, they probably stole a game here and there, but now everybody's going to get up to play them. Just like the Jets a couple of years ago. Nobody expected anything from that Jets team, and they won 10 games. Agreed, agreed. But don't forget, that happens two ways. I mean, we've lost. Of course. Should have won. Oh, the season before, in Coughlin's last season, they should have, oh, they, they should have, they should have won 12 games. games yeah, at least. Yeah, they should have won to at least 12 games at that point. Agreed, so, agreed. So, like my here's my thing, too. This is a lot tougher of a schedule than last year. Last year, you had a uh, you had the AFC uh, you had the, the AFC division, which is with, with Pittsburgh being the only real solid team. Everybody else was really bad in that division last year. So you won three yep. out of those four games. Yep. You know, it's so again, it's a it's real a brutal, tough schedule. It's a brutal schedule, bro. It's it's, it's a gonna, brutal schedule. It's gonna be absolutely terrible. I don't like the fact that they got a lot of teams off of their bye week. You know, yep. they they did them no favors this year. They really did them no favors this year. But it's all right. I, I mean, the Giants, they, I, listen, I really hope they write the ship. I, I think that it, they're going to do some different things uh, tomorrow. Uh, you know, I, I'm already in Philly, so I can't wait. Um, <laughs> That's awesome that you're that. down there. That's a given. I was um, thinking about making the trip. I'm not going to lie to you. I really was thinking about going down to Philly. I really and? And, and, the prob- and the problem is, you know, I have two little nephews that uh, – that I only get to see maybe once a week, and it's very, very, very important to me that I make sure I get to spend time with them. I heard they would love Philly. That's just, that's just what I heard. <laughs> not, at the edge, not, not, not at the age of four and two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that's hey, just... The only, the, only that, uh, the only thing that I worry about right now, well, besides everything, the only thing <laughs> that I'm worried about is, is what are two more bad games? And I'm, I'm seriously worried about the locker room, yes. The offense and the defense. I'm right. worried about somebody saying something and you know being fed up, or uh, you know, I don't, I don't just don't want that. I don't want stories start to start coming out of the locker room that you know, uh, well, if the offense was doing their job, or I, I really don't want that. And that's bound to happen when you're not performing well. Well, I also think that too, and, and and here's where the media can be very, very dangerous because I almost I almost feel like because I know a lot of those guys who go into that locker room, and when they're in that locker room, it's almost like they're prodding. Like you know, there are certain guys you know that you can talk to who are going to give you honest, honest answers, and I'm and I'm only mentioning his name just because he's a stand-up guy, and you know this, and that's Jonathan Art. Casillas. Jonathan oh, Casillas. Oh, talk about a play. Yes. Yeah. yeah Jonathan Casillas is one is the one guy who I always go to after every game because I know he's going to be 100 percent honest. He's he he presents everything very well and he breaks it down very very like very good. Um, you know they told us JPP was available as soon as we hit the locker room as soon as nobody went over to him within 30 seconds he bolted. There's yeah. certain times you know when to talk to some of these guys. Olivia Vernon told me he had nothing to say, so why push that issue? You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, you know, I would assume Collins is uh, just like a see it, to be honest with you. Yeah, oh, Land- and Land- Landon spoke, and Landon was very open. You know, Landon is one of those guys. I spoke to him at the uh, charity event, and he's just—he was very. 
very upfront, very honest. If he if yeah, he feels I uncomfortable, mean, I'm, bi- I'm biased. So. Yo, yeah, well, but the thing is, though, you're but you're 100 percent right because Landon Collins is is going to be he's the first one to say, look, we have not played up to our expectation level, and yeah. I and he and he even said about himself, he says, I'm not where I need to be. Right, and he is actually, if you look at his stats. But that's again me being biased. But <laughs> yeah. um, meaning, meaning that he's not making the sexy plays, he's not making the interceptions. That's the part I think that people are wondering. Everyone keeps on saying, "Why isn't Landon doing what he did last year?" Because when your defense is on the field for half, twenty out of the thirty minutes, this is what happens: the defense gets worn well, down. It, right. If you also look at the freaking plays, if you really, uh, if you really break it down, like I seriously break it down. I watch the game over and over again during the week. If you break it down, you know last year they threw the ball at him. This year, nowhere near him. They'll look him off. They'll look him off. Yeah, no, but but that happens too. They, you know, when Deion Sanders used to play, he was the best at that position yep. of being out there. They just they when Revis was on the top of his game, they wouldn't throw to uh, to Revis Island. That's just the way it is. Exactly. Just the way it is. Yep. Joe, do me a favor. Have a great time down in Philly tomorrow. Uh, we're all obviously watching, and obviously I'll be tweeting during the game. Joe, do me a favor. While, while we're here, let everybody know where you are on social media. License plate guy on everything. <laughs> on every platform. And on everything. Is it too early to start talking about the softball game next year? Or is no, it... it's never too early. Shoot. Never, never in a million years. <laughs> we're going to do something. I just don't know who we're going to play, but uh, I'm, I'm super excited. We're definitely going to run it again. Um and and stay tuned. Let's hope. Uh, let's hope we're running it for Landon Collins, who just finishes up his next Pro Bowl and had a uh, a playoff run at some point this year. And maybe and maybe uh, maybe I'll be able to uh, either MC or you know play do a little play by play. But we'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that, brother. <laughs> Joe, man, thanks so much again for calling, and I really appreciate it, man. Always a pleasure. I'll see you. You got it. All right, that was Joe, the license plate guy, ultimate Giants fan. He's down in Philly right now. Uh, for those, I'll just quickly do a quick reset here. Uh, 201-825-1234. Give a call into the studio. We can talk all topics on the table. Carmelo Anthony, New York Giants, New York Yankees. We're going to jump into some baseball right now. Uh, this portion of the show is brought to you by our good friends over Performance Ford and Lincoln, 906 Route 10 West, Randolph, New Jersey. Call them right now, 888-541-3927. You can tell them that the friends, your friends at Off Topic sent you over there. Make an appointment now to uh, get yourself into the 2017 uh, clearance, end-of-the-year clearance event right now going on at Performance Ford Lincoln. That's 906 Route 10 West, Randolph, New Jersey. Call them now. Make an appointment, 888-541-3927. Tell them that the crew from Off Topic sent you. All right. So with that being said, with that being said, let's quickly jump into a little bit of baseball. Head baseball writer for BackSportsPage.com, Ryan Morks on the line. Good evening, Ryan. How are you tonight? Ryan, are you with us? I guess we lost Ryan. All right, we'll we'll, we'll go back to Ryan. Off topic, back sports page on the air. Hello. I guess we're we're losing callers. Okay, so let's just react a little bit here to Joe License Plate Guy. We broke down the Giants tomorrow. They are they are down in Philadelphia right now, getting ready tomorrow one o'clock start on Fox. Big NFC East matchup. Listen, I'm a very big proponent of we're pressing the panic button a little bit too early. Don't 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 press the panic button yet. It's too early. It's two games in. We have a little bit of time left. Okay, we, now we have Ryan Morick. Uh, with us, 
Ryan, are you with us now? Off topic, back sports page. Ryan, are you with us? Yes, can you hear me now? Now I can hear. All right, cool. All right, head baseball writer for BackSportsPage.com, Ryan Mork. He is our Yankee insider. And, Ryan, um, so why is it that the Yankees keep winning games and the Red Sox keep winning games all at the same time? <laughs> That's a good question. I, it's a great question. I, I have to ask it. I think, I mean, I think Yankees, you, want, you can really question who is better, the Yankees or Red Sox, every day, and they will give you a different answer. The reason why the Red Sox are winning is because they're a team that's not giving up. They are 15-3 in in extra inning games this year, and I can count four insanely in the last two weeks. In an inning game, they won. They were down 2-1 in the bottom of the ninth, and they won. They just played 15 innings last week. They were down 6-1, and they came back. They have a lot of heart, and I think you look at the Yankees roster as a whole, the Yankees did their job in the month of September. They've won 16 of their last 22 games, but in the last 15 to 20 games or so, they gained one game on the Red Sox. That's the hard luck of baseball, but, again, the Yankees did their job. They clinched. You can't ask for much more. All right. Well, you know what, though? The fact of the matter is Yankee fans are playing with house money this year. They weren't, they weren't expected to be anything they weren't expecting to be anything, and they're doing something. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to be in the wild card game. They should enjoy it. Yankee fans, embrace this because this is the experience. This is what rebuilding should be like in New York, where you take a lot of bunch of young players, put them together, and see how this whole thing turns out. I think it's working out great. Yankee fans, don't complain when you make the, when you win your wild card game and then you go play against the Cleveland Indians because not for nothing, the Cleveland Indians are a team on a mission right now. This reminds me of the Kansas City team that won, you know, that went to the World Series back-to-back years. This Cleveland Indian team is going to be the team that wins the World Series this year, Ryan. I agree, but I don't think you can go. I think you can just go out and say that the Yankees have no shot. I, mean, yes, I think it's. I think it's a. I think it's you know it's a five-game series. I think it's maybe a game. I, I'm, and I'm not knocking it, and I, I'm not going to say that you don't wear Yankee glasses sometimes, or you only it's, see. It's not a knock on the Yankees. It's just the fact that Cleveland is historically good. That's that, that's it. No, it's it's not even that. It's the simple fact of it's a lack of experience. It's a lack of experience that the Yankees have. They have a lot of young players, but this is all good things. These are all good things that the Yankee fans should look at. They should embrace the fact that. This was supposed to be a year they finished close to the bottom of the division, and here they are in the playoffs. So Yankee fans should embrace this and enjoy well, it. Well, they don't know how to do that. You know that. Well, because there's a little sense of like, okay, let's get greedy. Let's get greedy. So we're gonna, instead of enjoying the fact that we're making the playoffs, because they're going to beat Minnesota, okay? Like, unless Minnesota all of a sudden just comes out of nowhere and has this great win, the Yankees just have more talent than them. So they are talented. They are very, very talented baseball team. I'm yelling at you about something that you know, and that's the part that bothers me right now. <laughs> this is what I'm having a hard time with. <laughs> what the fact that the Yankees don't have experience? It's not even the fact that the Yankees don't have the experience. It's the simple fact that, like, you know, you and I both know. I like we, we're on the same page with this. We know that they're going to beat Minnesota. We right. both know that they're going to play against Cleveland and. They're going to get their bell rung the first two games, and then they're going to go back to Yankee Stadium, and they're going to win one game at the stadium, and then they're going to lose in game four. That's probably how it's going to be. But, but like you said, 
house money. And if they, I mean, you throw house money out the window if somehow they go up two games to nothing against Cleveland, and then you're back at Yankee Stadium for game three and four, and then they blow it. But that's that's not the case. Like you said, house money, you are expected to win the wild card game, and I think they should because they're going to have Luis Severino on the mound. And forget about what he did on Wednesday. Rare bad start. He doesn't have an ERA of three today. The guy is otherworldly. If it weren't for Chris Sale and Corey Kluber, he would be the American League Cy Young Award winner. They should beat Minnesota in this wild card game, and it stinks that 162 games can come down to one. But again, that's baseball. That's a discussion for another day. But on the other hand, they are going to play Cleveland most likely, and Cleveland is better from top to bottom. Cleveland has the Yankees have 12, 13 everyday players. The Indians have 15 everyday players, and they have five great starters. That's the bottom line. The Yankees don't have five great starters. We saw Masahiro Tanaka yesterday. He underperformed again. I still don't think Yankee fans are back in love with CC Sabathia yet again. And besides that, you have two good starters in Severino and Sonny Gray, and that's it. You have two good starters, two starters who you can't trust, and your other two starters in your six-man rotation are not going to be on the playoff roster, are not going to be in the playoff rotation. Let's quickly reset. We have Ryan Morick, our uh, Yankees insider for BackSportsPage.com, on the line with us right now. Uh, 201-825-1234, This is Off Topic. Thank you to Rampo College and WRPR for letting us use the studio tonight. Really appreciative. Uh, so, Ryan, before we let you go, real quick, um, let us let us know where everyone can find your opinions. Obviously, you do a lot of Facebook Live on our Back Sports page page. I have to start getting into the process of doing that a little bit more, too. Um, Ryan, let everybody know where they can find you. You can follow at your own risk, at Ryan Morick on Twitter, <laughs> at Ryan Morick on Instagram. Find me on Facebook at Ryan Morick as well. And New York Groove comes out twice a week. Usually it's Mondays and Fridays. It's going to be, they are posted on BackSportsPage.com and the SoundCloud right at the start of every Yankees and Mets series. So usually Mondays and Fridays, find me over there. By the way, yes, definitely listen to the New York Groove, which is located at BackSportsPage.com. Ryan and Scott always do a very good job. Uh, love you guys. Thank you guys so much uh, for everything you guys do for the site. And uh, thanks for calling in tonight on a Saturday night. I know you're still young, so you like to go out and do that whole party thing. No, tonight I'm staying in. I actually have training for the President's Cup tomorrow at 930 in Jersey City. All right. Well, listen, well, good luck with the training. And we'll uh, we'll obviously talk with you during the week. We'll be back on Thursdays this week. So, uh, you know, it's good to have you back on, man. Yeah, I'll talk to you later. You got it. All right, the Yankee Report again brought to you by Performance Ford and Lincoln Randolph, New Jersey, 906 Route 10 West. Say goodbye to the summer sales event. Pay no sales tax now. Uh, call them right now, 888-541-3927. Make an appointment to come on in. And again, no sales tax. Say goodbye to the summer sales event. That's Performance Ford and Lincoln, Randolph, New Jersey, 906 Route 10 West in Randolph. All right, so let's jump back over here quickly to the phones. Backsportspage.com off topic. Who's this? Hello? Yes, who's this? Randy, it's Danny Thompson. What's going on, my friend? All right, there he is. Okay, Danny Thompson, another one of our good NBA friends. I'm telling you, the phone lines just keep jumping tonight. I love it so much. All right, Danny, so listen, you and I, you were one of the people who came on with me around free agency and draft time, and you laughed yeah. at me when I said Carmelo Anthony and the Oklahoma City Thunder. You know what? It got desperate. It got desperate. I mean, we, you know, when Scott Perry came out Friday and said, we want Mel to be professional, we want Mel to do this, this, and this, 
And yeah, as soon as I heard I, that, that was the beginning of the end, actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you drag Carmel. I mean, how many more times can you drag the poor guy in the mud? I mean, and the thing is, when he goes back to New York in, I think it was in February, he's going to get a standing ovation. Like they, you, you just know they're going to give this guy standing ovation. Yeah, but I agree with you on that. I, I can't disagree I, with that. And I think this is, a lot of this is Phil, on Phil Jackson. You know that. I mean, I think at the end of the day, Carmelo just got tired. And the Knicks took the best offer possible. I mean, if the Knicks really wanted to trade in Houston, they would have made the Ryan Anderson deal a long time ago. The Knicks fans better be glad they just didn't, they, they, they dodged the Ryan Anderson bullet. At least with Ennis Cancer, he can play the center position alongside Porzingis. I know Doug McDermott was a great college player, and the second-round pick makes Presti like... Oh, but he's not transitioning to the NBA at all. I mean, we got to think the same. I think McDermott's transitioning the same way Adam Morrison did. He's a great college player. He's just slow-footed in the NBA. Well, it's it's because of the system. It's mostly because of that whole system. You know, that transition, and this goes back to an argument, and this is where you and I are going to totally go off topic here and switch into a whole different argument. And please don't hate me that we're going to go this route because I know you and I will disagree with it. But the great coaches, the great college coaches, the, the, the Roy Williams, the... Mike Shashevsky, the Bob Knights, and so on and so forth, they weren't interested in raising NBA players. They were, re, you know, they were more interested in recruiting for their program to win national championships. Of course. Okay, so they're more interested in doing that, not grooming NBA players. Unlike John Calipari, where John Calipari's attitude is like, "Look, if you're here for more than two years, you're not going to the NBA anyway." So, you know, right. so this, like that's me. And, like, I, I guess I have a different perspe- perspective of it. But I, I look at playing college basketball just, just like job training. If you go to college to become a lawyer, you're not leaving early to become a lawyer because you're not qualified enough. The NBA has hit the tank because they don't have polished players going into the league, and it's not fair to the NBA coaches that they not only have to coach to keep their jobs, but they also have to teach kids how to play on the NBA level. That's why I really do wish they'd raise the the age limit. But that's just me. Sorry. I don't know, but in this case with McDermott and, like, Adam Morrison, these were were four-year guys. You know, Morrison was a three-year guy at Gonzaga. Right. McDermott was a four-year guy at Creighton. But but so there's a, but there but the thing what? is though, Danny. I'm sorry for cutting you off, but this, the problem is with that, Danny, is that yes, they're four now. If they're a four-year guy, that's almost a handicap in the NBA. Because I, I, I kind of disagree because I think with Morrison and McDermott, their games didn't translate very well to the NBA. When you're trying to play a small four, you have very slow foot speed. In college, you get away with that because of defenses and the fact that a lot of times the talent that you're playing against is an NBA-quality talent. When you step on set stage, and Randy, we've watched this for years, you're playing at a, whole, a totally different level. Devin Durant played at Creighton. Nothing against Creighton. Creighton's a very good program. They just got in the Big East. But Creighton is not exactly a basketball factory, and the teams they play aren't exactly you know the Dukes and Kentuckys they play every single night. Gonzaga plays in the West Coast Conference. They're not playing, you know, UCLA and, 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 the, and those big-time Pac-12 schools on a regular basis. So you can score 29 points a game against those, against you know, I'm not saying bottom feeders, but you're not scoring against the top players in the country. And when you get to the NBA, if you don't have the foot speed and you know you have a power forward game, but you're built like a small forward, it's not going to work unless you have something that you know that stands out. Draymond Green's a different example. Green's built like a power forward, but Green's so versatile, it works. 
So I think for the Knicks in this case, and I know Knicks fans have to understand, <laughs> the, the, the Oklahoma City deal was the best deal you're going to get. Yeah. Because if you trade if you trade to Cleveland, you're taking back Shumpert and J.R. Smith. Did you just get rid of these two guys a couple years ago? Well, not only that, but you look at the deal that Indiana got for Paul George. You know what I mean? You, these are, yeah. Like, and by the way, kudos for the Thunder for making these moves. Okay, that shows dedication to their fan base. Sitting there saying, we want to do everything we can to keep Russell Westbrook here. We're going to bring in Carmelo Anthony, which, by the way, again, I'm not patting myself on the back, but from a basketball standpoint, it just makes the most sense to bring in a guy like that. I'll tell you this, though. At the end of the day, what makes Preston even more of a genius, not just bringing those two guys in and not trading what you've given away, he didn't He didn't give up one first-round pick at yeah. all. That's the amazing not part about the whole entire thing. He didn't give up one first-round pick, did he? And that just makes Boston, that's like Danny Ainge, like a complete, uh, I don't know, the first time Danny Ainge might have lost in something. Because what he <laughs> gave up to get Kyle Irving was Isaiah Thomas, who's an all-star. We don't know how bad his hip injury is now. Report, reports, you know, Randy, we talked about this before, it's uh, arthritic hip. That's dangerous. Yeah. Jay Crowder, but you also obtained the Brooklyn pick. Which may not be which may not be that good because now because you're in a well, watered Brooklyn's down Eastern awful. Conference. Brooklyn's awful. Uh, I know. I know Brooklyn's going to be terrible again this year, but I don't. I think the Knicks. I hate to say it, but now I think the Knicks just might be worse. <laughs> no, I think. No, I think the Knicks. I, I think I still have the Knicks as the fifth worst team in the East, even with the trade. And, and are because the Nets below them? The Nets are below, but nobody's worse than Atlanta. Atlanta. I I agree with you. I think Atlanta. Atlanta has done. Enough to destroy that that team and all that hard work that they've done uh, well, over the last you know, two seasons. But but Randy, real quick on that, but the Hawks is that were they going to get any better? I mean, when they when they said basically Paul Millsap, you can walk. We're not going to offer you know what you deserve. So yeah, but the they knew. But they knew out of All Star break because they announced the All Star break last year that Paul Millsap wasn't coming back. So, so at that point, at that point, you already knew they were they basically were blowing the entire ship up. Chicago basically traded Jimmy Butler for what. Um, a Nathan's hot dog and, a, and, and tickets to a Staten Island Yankees game. So you traded Jimmy Butler for that. Have you ever been to then, a Staten Island Yankee game? It's absolutely amazing there. Yes, but I mean, but for trade, yeah, I mean, that's a good value. You probably get you probably have season tickets involved. In. We traded an All Star Jimmy Butler for a guy that you could have traded for last year, and Chris Dunn, uh, Levine, who's going to be out probably till December. Uh, they say he might be back in November, but you don't rush a kid like this back early. And then you have a kid in Markin, who's I think is going to be good, but the kid doesn't do anything defensively. So you add another, you add basically add another version of uh, Nikola Miritich without having to pay him. Yeah, so I, no, I agree with point, that. And then, and then, oh, by the way, that also brings another question about about Dwayne Wade. But we'll get to Dwayne Wade in a minute. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I think the Thunder. Now, what, what, what's going to be interesting with the Thunder is that at the end of games, and this is what I was explaining to somebody earlier today um, on on Facebook, is that the Thunder in the games are not going to play Andre Roberson in the games. So Robinson right. might see the floor in the final four, four or five minutes of the game. And Billy Donovan's really biggest challenges, besides in-the-game lines, is how do you stretch out Carmelo and, and, and Paul George when Russell Westbrook's on the floor? I don't think you play all three of them together that much until the beginning of games and the end of games. During that stretch of about the 30 minutes that you play yeah. I agree with you, 110%. Now you can rest Westbrook. Westbrook's not going to be exhausted and dogging it at the end of the games because he has enough guys now. If he sits on the bench for more than five minutes, they're going to be able to score points. And I think yeah, that's I mean, the most you, important you, key. I mean, you can put Westbrook and Paul George on the floor and be just fine. Mm-hmm. You know, you could you, you can even put, put Raymond Felton, who's a backup point guard, 
with Melo and let Melo just ISO for five or six minutes. Yep, exactly. And and, and I and think they're in such good shape with that. And, and it's Billy Donovan can't coach this. If Billy Donovan can't coach this, Billy Donovan should be gone too. And yeah, I, agree, with the, the I agree with you. By Billy Donovan. And by the no, way, I, I disagree with you about Robertson because I think you can actually play Robertson on the floor because not for nothing, if you, Paul George is a, is a good defender. Russell Westbrook is a good defender. Carmelo doesn't play defense at all. I think Carmelo is allergic oh, to defense. So I, I, th- I, I, mean, I, I think he always on the floor for defensive purposes, but if it's a close game in the fourth quarter, Robertson can't be on the floor. I'm I'm a, but, but he's an excellent defender, so you can put him on the other on the, the like the wing player for the other team. I think it's yeah, but but the thing is the second. You, you get a stop, they're fouling Roberson right then and there. He's like a 40% free throw shooter. Yeah, I know. And I also know the NBA Rule Committee is trying to do something with that still, too. But, yeah, okay. so, I mean, unless, unless that rule gets changed, yeah. the Thunder are dangerous down the stretch, because I'll tell you this, because you have Russell Westbrook at the point, you're going to move Paul George to the two, you got Melo at the three, they're going to bring Patrick Patterson at the four. Mm-hmm. So you have all that you yep. have all that shooting, and the only thing Stevie Adams has to do is rebound and defend. I agree with you. Don't get into foul trouble. You so far, and you're I, preaching. You're preaching, brother. <laughs> I, I love Jeremy Gray off the bench, but like I said, when you're going to mention Dwayne Wade, I really think the Thunder's next move is going to be during buyout season. Because at this point, when Wade gets bought, I think Wade gets bought out the second Levine gets healthy. I don't think I, they buy him out now. I think I think I disagree with you. I don't think they. Chicago does. I think the only reason why Chicago wouldn't buy out Wade is just because they need some sort of attention of a story at this point. Because the Bulls are going to be terrible. The Bulls are going to be awful, and then right, like I understand, you might want to have a reason to go, but I, but I don't I know. Think it, at the same time, I think Wade doesn't want. To, I think Wade. I think the way the Bulls did the Wade situation wasn't good because Wade opted in knowing that Jimmy Butler was going to return. He would not have opted in if he knew that Butler was going to be traded to Jackson. He would. Have, he would have opted out. Okay. So I, I think in good faith to Wade, I think you know to do the right thing is. They're going to wait till Levine gets back off injury. Let Levine get himself normal. They buy him out at the deadline. The real question becomes: Where does Dwayne Wade end up? Cleveland. At the end of the day, Cleveland. I don't know. Cleveland or Miami? I can't see him going to OKC. I, I'm not going to see Dwayne Wade going out to the Western Conference. Why not? Because OKC, I think if OKC has a legitimate shot, which which they do. OKC's number two in the West. Okay, in my eyes, OKC's number two in the Western I still, Conference now. I still, think, I still think they're four. Really? Yes. Tell me, okay, Warriors, Spurs, they're, they're better than the Rockets. I'm sorry. I don't think I don't know because here's the thing: D'Antoni's team is built for the regular season. Well, I understand that, but look, I look at this from a from a reality standpoint. For the regular season, there there's too many holes in Houston right now. They didn't get the guy they needed. They didn't get their third guy. Houston. Wait, wait, wait. You guys think they won with fifty-five games with just James Harden being James Harden? I understand now, that, but now, now but you add Chris Paul, I understand that. But you look at the other other teams. Okay, look, San Antonio is still going to be San Antonio. I love the addition of Rudy Gay. I got them at number two. I got the Spurs too. I got okay. the I I I don't. I think the Thunder is much better than the uh, Houston Rockets. I think this changes the game. I think you now have your top four teams in the West. Um, I think the bottom half of the Western Conference is a. It's going to be. It's yeah. I think Minnesota's number five, then six, seven, eight, and is 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 a mystery. I, I, I don't know. I, I think for me, the way I have it now is I have, I have Golden State winning the West. I have San Antonio at two. I have Houston at three because, like I said, Houston's going to be able to hit enough three pointers and they're going to score enough points. And Chris I, Paul, has, mm. Chris Paul's never played an offense like this. This is an offense that Chris Paul has dreamed of playing in. Since he steps, steps, since he steps New Orleans, 
I, I, understand, all, I understand what you're saying, Danny. I get it. I know. He's never played a system where pace is over in the top five ever. He's never played with a top five pace offense. And everything D'Antoni's done has always been a top five offense in the pace wise. Chris Paul brings stability, and he makes sure that James Harden doesn't have to kill himself on the offensive end, which is a beautiful thing. They still have all the shooting, and Capella's a year more experience in rebounding and learning that system. He is like, a, you know, he's a poor man's Dwight Howard or any type of, I say poor man's Dwight Howard, his role in that offense. And defensively, the block shots. Anderson's going to hit about almost 203 pointers. I mean, I think about 150, 175. Eric Gordon's going to stand him with threes. James Harden's going to hit more threes and be more accurate. Chris Paul is going to be, I think, an elite point guard. He's going to prove himself why he's a top six or seven player in the league. I think all three of those, all four of those teams, including Oklahoma City, win 55 plus games. I think this right now, because of the fact of. I'm not certain of what Oklahoma City can do on the bench in the regular season. It scares me because their bench is bad. I mean, Patrick I know. Will probably come off the bench. You have Jeremy Grant, and then your backup point guard is Ray Felton. Trey Burke was supposed to sign today and decided not to. So that's why I say if Wade can come in, and you know if they if Dwayne Wade's on the table in February, and Wade's looking okay. Do I go help my buddy LeBron and be a six-man in Cleveland, or do I go to Oklahoma City and and give some experience there? Yeah, I I see that too, I see that too. But I also look at that. Um, I don't think it goes to Miami. I don't think he goes back to Miami. That's but say I was thinking just because he just might want to finish out there because. But who knows, Danny? I'm against the clock, but um, real quick, let everybody let everybody know where they can find you. Um, check us out around the association on Facebook. I'll be doing a Facebook Live probably tomorrow. Uh, my new show, which is uh, the wonderful sports speech uh, with Danny Thompson, but on Thursday nights on Mixler and uh, Valencia College Radio. Also nationally syndicated in about 15 different markets through iHeartRadio and AM247.com. And also, so the website will be released on Monday, and I'll be at Media Day for the Magic on Monday. And check us out on Facebook. And Randy, as always, you know, we'll share stuff between back and forth between us and back sports page. So. We're always, always love that. Danny, man, thanks for uh, coming, calling on for a few minutes tonight. I always love talking hoops with you. And uh, listen, I'll talk to you during the week. Let, let me know how it happens down with the Magic. It's another interesting team to watch this year. All right, gotcha. All right, man. Good, thanks for coming on, calling in. I appreciate it. All right, that was Danny Thompson. Always, always a pleasure. The, uh, he, the Danny Thompson report is brought to you by Level One Games in Pompton Plains, New Jersey, six fifteen Route twenty three South, Pompton Plains, New Jersey. Call them now eight six two two four eight zero four five six. Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, all different video game systems from PlayStation, Xbox, all the different levels. Go there now, levelonegames.com. Take your game to the next level and relive your past at Level One Games. All right, one more call, and then we're going to be uh, popping out of here. I know who this is. This is our good friend, uh, originally New York, born New York, bred, but he's down in Texas now. Let's welcome our good friend, Chris McNamee. Chris, how you doing, brother? Yo, what's going on, Randy? Hey, listen, um, you know, I think we should split up. That's a good idea. We'll do more damage that way. <laughs> listen, man, I, I always I always laugh when it, when it comes to you because there's no one who bleeds Yankee colors more than you, my friend. Absolutely. Even down here in Texas, bro. I fight it every day. Now, what's, what's the sports scene like down there compared to what it is in New York? Honestly, it feels like Rangers fans here are like fair weather fans. I mean, I went to the Yankees Rangers game a couple of weeks ago in Arlington and that stadium was empty and there was a lot of blue and white in that stadium let me tell you 
Yankees universe is strong down here in Texas. Now, I don't know if you heard earlier tonight, we had our, our Yankee insider on, Ryan Mork, and we were discussing uh, the Yankees clinching, and we were talking about the playoffs. The Yankees are playing with house money right now. They really are playing with house money, and this is a great step for this team, but I just don't want Yankee fans to be upset that... Well, you know what it is, Randy? I think that this team is a lot better than their record shows. Uh, you know, when you, when you had Sanchez was out for a month, and... You know, Bird was out and Castro was out. And even, you know, Cashman said that when we get these guys back, you know, things are going to turn around. And, you know, they got them back, and they really did turn around for the better. I mean, look at look at how they've been doing, like, the last month alone. You know, not a heck of a lot of losses. You know, it's just it's hard because Boston keeps winning when we win, and they keep losing when we lose, so we're not moving up. Uh, you know, and with a week and a little bit to go, it doesn't really look like, uh, it, we, you know, we could have we have a shot. Anything's possible. It's baseball. But uh, what do you think about it, Randy? Listen, I think again, house money. Nobody expected anything. Nobody. The again, the expectation level was just so. They were picked to fin- finish second to last in this division uh, ahead of Tampa. So right. you know, I think that Yankee fans should enjoy it, embrace it. You're gonna you're gonna beat Minnesota, and I like I said earlier, I think you're gonna lose three to one to the Indians. I think they'll get a game out of the Indians because the Indians are a team on a mission right now, and this is great experience for Judge, great experience for Sanchez, and the rest of the young, the baby bombers. Is that what we're gonna call them now? Because I just think that we, these kids deserve to have their own identity, not an, an identity from someone else. You know. Uh, you know, if, and you can't beat our bullpen right now, so that's locked up even for next season. And then, you know, if you can get like one or two more really good starters in there, I really think that uh, they're going to be an unstoppable force come 2018. Chris, man, listen. First off, great to hear from you, uh, Missy, man. I, you know, in our days of drum corps, uh, those were some of the best days that I can remember. So, you know, I uh, let's not let's not make the uh, communication. Uh, as spread out as we made it. Let's be in touch a little bit more. Okay, bud? You got it, Randy. Good talking to you, pal. You got it, man. All right, so that was Chris McNamee. And, guys, guess what? I'm I'm done. I got to go. Uh, we have some next shows coming on here. Uh, real quick, want to follow me? Go to BackSportsPage.com. Go on Twitter. Go on Instagram. I'm at RandyBSP. Of course, follow BackSportsPage on Twitter and on uh, Facebook as well as on Instagram at BackSportsPage. Uh, until then, I'm usually, guys, if you want to really tune in to me on a consistent basis, you can listen to our past shows at SoundCloud, um, soundcloud.com slash offtopicbsp, as well as backsportspage.com. So check us out all the time. I'm usually on Thursday nights live here, and the uh, archives are located on the website. Thursday nights from 6 to 8 p.m. Otherwise, thank you guys very much for making me a part of your Saturday evening, taking a few minutes to uh, listen to me. I'm out of here. I'm peacing out. Let's get out of here. See you next week.